Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. It is Friday, March the 10th, 2023. It's the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast. And we want to thank our great sponsor to start the show off here tonight, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Tonight on this uh, this edition of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast, we've got a lot to get to. Um, have some uh, news, of course, from across the sports world. But we want to start here tonight uh, with Allen. Uh, he is with us here, of course. It's not the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show without both of us being here present. So, Allen, uh, good evening on this March 10th, 2023. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Really glad to be with you and definitely glad to be with our great fans this evening. It's always exciting to be on the Allen and Aaron Sports, a greater show. Absolutely. And we've got a lot to cram into an hour and 15 minutes or so here this evening. So we'll go ahead and get things uh, rolling here this evening. We've got news from uh, Major League Baseball, uh, NFL, NCAA, both from the college football and basketball perspective, as, of course, uh, March Madness is already uh, on its way here. It's already started here. Uh, the XFL is now in full swing, uh, boxing, as well as uh, another new song from our good friend Sam Scola. So we're going to have uh, that here as well. But tonight we want to start off uh, with, uh, unfortunately, some somber news uh, from the Central Florida area where both you and I uh, make our homes. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, this is their 25th season, uh, 25th year rather, uh, here in 20. 23 and for the last uh, 17 or so years uh, their lead radio voice has been Dave Wills and unfortunately this past Sunday uh, at age 58 uh, Dave Wills passed away uh, in his sleep and so we want to send our condolences to his family his friends the Rays organization all those in the area of Central Florida who have listened to him over the last 17 or so years um, I live in Central Florida just like you do, and occasionally I would tune into some of those Rays games for on and always hearing his voice. So we're going to definitely miss him uh, here 
in uh, in Central Florida. So our condolences here to him tonight. Um, we want to take just a brief moment of silence here for the late Dave Wills. All right. So again, uh, that moment of silence is for the late Dave Wills, uh, lead radio voice for the Tampa Bay Rays baseball organization, uh, who passed away this past Sunday at the age of 58 uh, in Central Florida. Um, Baseball is in full swing. Uh, certainly, uh, spring training has uh, been going on for right about two weeks now as far as the games are concerned. We have the World Baseball Classic now going on as well. Full swing, Alan. Uh, obviously, this is an exciting time of year. We're only about three weeks from opening day. Um, we've talked a lot about baseball, and obviously, it's fun to talk about. It's even more fun to talk about when games are occurring and, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on where we are in spring training right now? You're starting to see some guys get cut and sit back down to the minor leagues. Rosters are starting to take shape. We're starting to see teams, you know, come through here. And, and obviously, um, in a few weeks, we'll have our predictions on the upcoming season. But give me your take on where we are at this point, about a third of the way through spring training. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, definitely, you're right. It, you know, baseball, spring training seem to go by pretty fast. It's still going on right now, but what's happening is guys are, are really getting into shape. You're starting to see the play get a bit better. I see Shoei Otani is doing big things in the World Baseball Classic, and it's, it's a great time. You know, that's the nice thing about baseball here in Florida and in spring training is that you get to hang out with the players. They're a little bit more relaxed. Even though, you know, they, they're auditioning, they're more relaxed, and, and that's the cool thing about it is that guys are like, if you get that back-to-school mentality and, you know, you take advantage of the spring training because once the season starts, it's more, not that you can't hang out with the players, but it's a lot more business-oriented. That's what I really love about spring training is that even though they're auditioning for a position, maybe fighting for a position or trying to piece someone out, you still get a laid-back atmosphere what do you what are your thoughts on that Aaron well I mean I've been going to spring training since I was a kid so we're talking 30 plus years and it's changed a little bit actually I'd say it's changed a lot as far as player access is concerned um, but you still have it and as a fan um, you can still get into some of the practices you can still get into the games early you can still get down you know the first or third baseline and get autographs and you know get some pictures taken and that sort of thing but it has changed drastically in the last 30 years, I can remember, and Alan, I know you're you're uh, over in the Brandon area of Florida, and I'm over in Lakeland, right between the two, of basically where we are, there's Plant City, and I remember as a kid attending some Cincinnati Reds games when they trained there, and one of the most popular players on the team back then was Eric Davis and Chris Sabo, the third baseman, and um, those of you who don't remember him, maybe this will jog your memory, he wore those, those um, he had kind of the, the crew cut, kind of like the, the, the top gun, um, the crew cut. And he had those, those kind of bizarre, at the time, they weren't something that was popular. He had those bizarre, like, goggle sunglasses or goggle glasses on. And so I remember going to the games and literally being a chain link fence away from being able to you know, brush shoulders with him. So, and Eric Davis as well. So um, now it's a lot more secure. And it's, for safety reasons, obviously, things can happen, so you got to be careful with that. But it is still nice to be able to go to a spring training game and have a, a smaller configuration and have that opportunity. It's more of an intimate setting, I would say, 
in some of these spring parks. And, you know, I was at uh, Fenway, uh, Fenway South, as they call it. I was at JetBlue Park uh, this past Sunday uh, down at Fort Myers, a uh, game between the Marlins and the Red Sox. And most of you have probably seen the photo I took behind the Marlins bullpen, able to get pictures. And, you know, I mean, the players are right there. So it's a really neat atmosphere to be able to be that close. And, uh, of course, when the regular season starts, unless you have those seats that are right behind home plate or right behind the bullpen, you're not really going to have that kind of access. So we're very fortunate here in Florida. And if you're out in Arizona, of course, you're very fortunate out there to be able to have that type of uh, uh, accessibility, I guess you could say. I can also remember, this was probably 20-some years ago, uh, the Kansas City Royals used to train uh, over in, um, they called it Baseball City. It was kind of on the way over towards the Disney area. You could walk down the left or right field line and the fence would actually come to an end. And, you, I mean, you could run out on the field if you really wanted to, and the players would come out there and sign autographs. So that kind of stuff doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But, again, that atmosphere now is still very nice and cozy. Once the season starts, it is, like you said, business-oriented, which it should be because those games actually matter. No, you're absolutely right. And, and that's the cool thing about spring training is you got to take advantage of it because it is more business-oriented. You know, games do matter. And plus, guys kind of get into a routine. You know, they wake up, play their game. You know, it's more of a routine-oriented type of feel. Plus, the games do count, as you mentioned. But to your point, I remember when they had Cypress Island right there in Winter Haven. It was open. And, yes, it was an old-school type of ballpark. But, man, it was great to interact with players because in order for them to get to one end to the other – you had they had to walk right past you, literally. <laughs> they had to walk right past you, and and if you're a guy who's an introvert or someone who doesn't like to sign autographs or doesn't like to interact with fans, that was probably like a nightmare to you because you know you had worked on one field and had to walk past the fans to get to the other field. There was no barrier. There was no walkway where I'm here, you're over there. It was you know. C.C. Sabathia, I got his autograph, him walking from one field to the other. And so coincidentally, he was one of the guys who kind of, towards the end of his Cleveland Indians career, he was one of the guys that was most vocal, like, hey, we need to renovate this place. <laughs> we need to get better equipment, and we need to do things. And lo and behold, they ended up closing it down. But it was, it was so cool. It was kind of like old-school baseball. Like you said, to your point, it's, some of the old-school stuff is the best. It was kind of like old school baseball because they had to walk right past you, literally. Yeah, and honestly, being in Lakeland, um, obviously the Tigers have trained here for 80 years, 75 years, something like that. And so I can remember, um, and they've renovated the park here, Joker Marshall Stadium. They've renovated it countless times over the years. But I can remember uh, 2002, 2003, it might have been both years this happened, um, going to a game. And what, what used to be able to happen is the, the – visiting team's bus would pull up to the visiting clubhouse. And in fact, the clubhouses were actually attached to each other. Obviously one side was the visiting clubhouse. The other side was the Tigers. And so I remember going to a game, uh, Atlanta had come into town and not all the players would ride the bus. Some guys, you know, those, those flashier guys would drive their own cars in. And I remember standing there as the, the players got off the bus and, you know, they'd come by and a few of them might sign an autograph or two here or there. Some of them would just go in because they wanted to get away from it all and get dressed and get out on the field and start, you know, throwing the ball around, that kind of thing. 
And I remember this group of people looking out in the parking lot and just a whole, I mean, a herd of people ran out and it was Gary Sheffield. He'd come in in his, you know, souped up car. And I, I bet you there was probably 20 or 25 people around him. And I actually remember uh, a lady got kind of like run over by this crowd of people. And I remember him stopping kind of clear in the crowd and he actually helped the lady get up and made sure she was okay. So, um, so that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. They have fences around the, the area where the bus comes in or where the players park and, and that kind of stuff to probably keep that kind of stuff from happening. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff doesn't exist anymore. You go to any major league stadium or any uh, spring training stadium for the most part, you're not going to have the catch the player on the way in or out access uh, any longer, which it stinks, I guess that's the best way to say it, but um, you know, times are changing. So, uh, but we're, we're excited here for the baseball season coming up here. Uh, it's going to be uh, basically, I think it's 20 days away from opening day. And right before opening day, we will, of course, uh, that final show before opening day, we will have our predictions for the upcoming season. I think it's going to be a very exciting year. The new rules, I think, are going to play a big role in in some ways, um, maybe some ways we don't think of. Uh, I know we talked about those in last week. Um, and uh, I'll be at a game, actually, Sunday. I'm going to be down in uh, Bradenton as Atlanta takes on the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, I'll get some pictures out there. Um, hopefully, get um, get an opportunity. Maybe I'll run into somebody who knows. You never know at these games who might show up, who might be there. So, we'll take a look and see, uh, of course, uh, what happens on that end of things. And of course, uh, the World Baseball Classic is just getting started as well. Um, I, you know, it's basically the World Cup of baseball, and it's a very exciting time. I mean, you have uh, United States, who's the defending champions back in 2017, trying to get uh, another title. Um, Hopefully they do well, but this is a great showcase, not just for baseball here in America, but baseball around the globe. This is a global sport, and this is at its highest level when you have players playing for their respective countries. And so um, really excited to be able to watch that as it starts here over the next few days. Yeah, I am too. I really am, and and the, that's a great point. And, and one thing that you did mention that, I actually, ironically, you mentioned Gary Sheffield, how he helped somebody get up and do, you know, helped out with the crowd. And I wanted to give Gary Sheffield his props. You know, I did this in a video, but I did want to give it now because it's, it's very interesting that you did bring him up. When I went to go ahead and see Scottie Pippen and support Scottie Pippen at the event, at his Digits Bourbon event right here in Tampa, you know, it came up to light that I do work for the media here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I don't, you know, I had my professional camera. I just, I guess it just gave it away, but people noticed it right off the bat. I didn't have a badge on me. I didn't even have one of my shirts that said Allen and Aaron, but people kind of already identified that I've worked in the media just by the way I carried myself and just by the fact that I had a professional camera. And a couple of people in the line asked me that. And the reason why I, I, it was ironic you brought up Gary Sheffield was because one of the people on the line asked me, hey, you work in the media. What is one person that you you have met that gets a bad rap It's really, really cool? And I want to give Gary Sheffield – that's a sign right there. I want to give Gary Sheffield his props publicly is that I said Gary Sheffield without hesitation. I said, I know Gary Sheffield gets a lot of bad rap in the media. I know throughout his career he was getting, you know, kind of – not a short end of stick. Some of it was kind of not, some of it was his fault. Some of it was not his fault, but he, he never got, I, I looked at it as positive 
feedback for a long period of time. I want to say that if you meet Gary Sheffield off the field, he's extremely cool. He's a, he's a really cool guy. And I want to give Gary Sheffield his props for that. And I really do. I, I just wanted to make sure that the fans and people who are listening know that if you meet Gary Sheffield, don't believe everything you hear. Gary Sheffield's a really cool guy, as you mentioned in your story. Yeah, and that was something that I really, I mean, this has been over 20 years ago. I think it was in 2003 when this occurred. But it was just, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you do see what's, what the media reports or that one or two incidents that maybe happened in the past where, you know, you catch a guy at the wrong time and then you see something like this and it kind of changes your perspective. So, um, you know, it was a different experience, different, different uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes look, I guess you could say, at, at how somebody really is, you know, off the field. Um, I know this, I wouldn't want to hit him with a pitch and have him charge the mound. So he's from Tampa too, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, it's just those to show you that Tampa has some rough areas and that's where he was raised. So he's, you know, he's, he's not a pushover. I tell you that right now, he's, he's no pushover, but if you talk to Gary Sheffield and you show him the respect, he's really cool. We did an interview with him. At the at the golf event that I did, the charity event with Derek Brooks, extremely cool. I look forward to seeing him again here in the Tampa area and doing another interview with with Gary Sheffield. He's a really cool guy, and yeah, he you know he's you can't disrespect him. You know that he's he's going to stand up for himself. But I that I don't I think Gary Sheffield's a really cool guy, and I'm glad you brought that up that you mentioned that story because. I think sometimes people don't get a chance to hear those things, but the first person that person asked me, I it came to my mind. I said, "Is Gary Sheffield?" I said, "And we was at Lukens there, which is a wine and liquor store. For those who don't know, if Gary Sheffield was there, he would have probably drank a beer with some of the patrons there. He's really cool. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a good guy. Uh, definitely off the field for sure. So. Uh, we got our, our good buddy Lou coming on the line here tonight. I uh, want to welcome him to the program. Lou, good evening. How are you? Thanks, Alan. Sorry a little late, but I had to do the promo for my show. <laughs> <laughs> got to do the promo. There you go. There yeah. you go. How you been? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, well, we don't call it Marsh Mass for nothing now, do we? No, no, you're right. Good point. What happened? You mean the scene hall? Don't ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I knew we were going to go with that. Now, scene hall didn't look as strong this year, so I'm not surprised. Even though we lost to DePaul, I'd be, I'd be more – I think I'd be uh, more to say that if we lost against Creighton, that wouldn't be even more of a surprise. Of course, of course, I am the president of the I Hate Creighton fan club, so uh, there you go. <laughs> But uh, UConn looks to be – UConn, you know, is a strong one in the East. Of course, we got to watch out for a few, uh, for a few other ones too. So – and Rutgers lost, Rutgers lost today too. I didn't think they didn't go too far, but at least they made it to the second round. Rutgers might be able to get in. So that's who you hope it makes it? I hope Rutgers can make it now. Uh, maybe St. Pierre's can make a run. And, of course – our favorite joke, fairly ridiculous. 
<laughs> you had to, you had to be from New Jersey to understand the joke. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's great. You keep it up to date with me. Oh, I've been keeping up to date since I was like twelve years old. And March that's Madness awesome. is always an exciting time for a lot of reasons. Uh for me it's always been well, you know, we got the the you know, Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, the Final Four and the national title game, and then baseball starts right after that. Um, and of course, by this time next week, half the people's brackets we busted anyway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. Now, I mean, realistically, looking at the let's let's just say, who, who is your final four? If you had to pick right now, uh, skipping past the first few parts of your bracket, who would you have in the final that, four? Well, I well remember I can't fill my bracket out until Sunday anyway, so it'd be ridiculous now to even think of it. But um, you know, I am of course I am going with you know some of the obvious uh, choices, of course. You know, but I'm not. I'm not taking Alabama. I'm not going to take Alabama though. I'm. I'm not sold on them. I know they've had a great year, or whatnot. Okay, great, but I'm not. Con- I'm not convinced. You know, I think I'm going to go. You know, uh, UCLA. I, you know, they have a strong year this year. Um, I gotta what about go with, Duke? Uh, Houston? Houston, where they are. I like uh, UConn lost. Oh, great to Marquette. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Close game though. But UConn should be should make a strong run, um, you know, in the tournament. They're not going to be a team like three seed or whatnot. Uh, I like Kansas. Um, hmm, Miami, well, Miami lost. Ooh, Miami lost. Okay, that means that guy might have to my show after all. Okay, good. Well, I'm bad for the team, but good for my show. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> You know, I've I've been looking at this since I was like 12 years old, and you know I've seen some of the greatest games you know in probably uh, tournament history, including the one that happened 40 years ago. I think we know that one, don't we? Why don't you fill everybody in on which one you're referring to? <laughs> For those of you who are too young to remember, like uh, the, like the host here, um, <laughs> once upon once upon a time, a lonely school of North Carolina pulled off one of the greatest upsets in college basketball history. That's right. NC State beat heavily favored by Slammer Jamma on a dunk. Thank you very much. And I went absolutely berserk when that shot was hit. Yeah, uh, what a great um, – I mean, obviously it's one of the most uh, iconic uh, shots. And Billy Packer with those famous words. Yeah, exactly. No, I was gonna say. Uh, dunk. Yep, one of the one of the most iconic uh, plays in, in basketball in general in the last fifty and years. Thirty-three so. years later, it happened again on a yep. three-point by Villanova. I was I almost I almost dropped dead that night. Oh wow! Yeah. Come yeah. Remember, that was that I was I was just six weeks into doing uh, you know the radio um, well national podcasting. I was just six weeks in. Now, I remember where I was. I was a rookie. Yeah. I was a rookie then. A rookie coming coming up uh, through the minor leagues, right? <laughs> well, a na- well, a national rookie. I, I did local yeah, yeah. before that. So. There you go. There okay. You go. <laughs> yeah. Now I remember where I was when uh, when Leitner hit the shot uh, against Kentucky in '92. Oh, yeah. Um, that's still the one that really, in my opinion, I'm is... like shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Yep. Hey, 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 homie, mackerel. Yeah, uh, just a, a Yeah, a but great, that wasn't uh, the final, though. That was the only thing in the final four. I mean, I'm talking two that were finals and one yeah. game. We're like, 
you can't get better than that. Yeah, no, that's right. That's a good point there. Yeah. I mean, I won't take this away from Duke, Kentucky, of course not, but when you win that in a final shot in a final, that makes it even that even makes it more special. So I'll fill my brackets. No, you're right about that. Sunday. So I'll fill the brackets on Sunday after that. And by the time I'm done with, by the time the first day is over on Thursday, about one third of my bracket will be destroyed anyway. You got to think positive. You just never know. You just never know what could okay. happen. I'm so. positive that one third of my bracket will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> remember, the old, remember the old saying, folks, if you're feeling disgusted, it's because your bracket is busted. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. That's good. You yeah. got to make a feature and out of that. Of course. And, of course, well, we got uh, something new this year. Well, not new, but uh, well, fairly new compared to other competitions. The WBC. Uh, I'm a little skeptical about how the U.S. is going to do. I think they're going to field a good team. I think the thing that's going to be different, you know, it's been six years since we last had a World Baseball Classic, which is hard to believe yeah. it's been that long. Um, you got different players on this team. And, you know, the yeah. interesting thing, I think, is these new rules that we're watching in, in spring training games that will, of course, carry like over to the regular like season. Them. They're not going to be in the, in the World Baseball Classic, these rules. So the, the, the pitch clock and the um, the, the bigger base will be there. But the, the I believe the shift is not banned in this. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different brand of baseball. Uh, it'll be kind of old school meets, you know, recent new school, if you will, uh, as far yeah. as the rules are concerned. But, you know, the, the teams that I think are the, the top four, maybe five teams shouldn't be a surprise. USA should be in no. there. I think – They um, are the defending champions. Well, they are. Um, but you look at um, Japan. I mean, obviously, they have some of the best players in the world playing in Japan. What is great Cuba. Know about baseball? They're cricket. What do they know about baseball? <laughs> You've got uh, Cuba. They've always fielded a good team. Dominican Republic's always going to be pretty solid, and I think uh, Venezuela. You know, they've got a really solid roster. So there's also been a lot, of, you know, how to work around this because you know uh, a lot of the uh, coaches and managers don't really like this. You know how it messes up the spring training rosters and whatnot. And I happen to agree, um, but you know how do you how do you manage to work around this? I mean, because you won't because you probably can't do it. You know, like when it's a midseason major league baseball and whatnot. So like, or what about doing it after the post after the postseason? But then again, the players might get you know strung out. So what would be the best way to go around this? I mean, I guess it doesn't happen every year. I mean, this is a tough thing to do, to be honest. Well, I, I um, Harold Reynolds came up with an idea several years ago. You know, they moved the draft from early June to the weekend of the All-Star break um, to kind of incorporate right, right. that. And the, the idea was, um, this is probably four or five years ago, why don't you once every four years, get things back, of course, on the normal pace that you had before. Of course, COVID kind of interrupted the, the normal flow that we had had on the World Baseball Classic. But why don't we have, once every four years, a two-week All-Star break? And during that two weeks, you let those players go and play for their respective countries and ha- have it all culminate at the end, the day after the All-Star game and the day before the yeah, All-Star game. Yeah, but or- then again – but what would you do about based on regular season? I mean, would you pro, would you extend the regular season all the way into mid-November? Uh, no. No, I, I think you cut spring training short that year. I, I think you cut it short, or you have um, you know more scheduled uh, split squad games. 
you know, there's there's a way to do it. Maybe you start yeah. spring training. I mean, I don't think early. I don't think the players want to play until like uh, in the Thanksgiving the Thanksgiving week. I don't think so. That's not a good <laughs> idea. Well, they'll, they'll so, come up with something. I guess I think there's they, an easy answer. I, I I think they'll find a way to showcase it at some point. I think that's really the key. There is is making it to where it's interesting enough. Um, you know, for now, you let know, the college kids do it. Let the college kids do it. Yeah, but if you're going to have the college kids play at the, the, the USA level, you got to do the same thing for the other countries, too. So you've got to make it fair across the board. Um, I'm, that's sure the only way. I'm sure they'll agree to that. We'll see. I we'll mean, see just what happens the, there. Then again, college baseball starts in February. That's true. Well, I say if you do it, then hold it in June and have the kids that just finished their college season, you know, playing in that. Look, that's what they did for the Olympics in hockey before uh, before '98. Um, yeah, I think there's a better answer to doing it this time of year. Um, you know, the other thing yeah. that would be a concern to me in mid season would be injury. You get a guy who gets hurt, and then yeah. it, it impacts his his major league team that he's on. So that does uh, that would be concerning to me at least. Hmm. I wish I had a Pac-12 channel. Uh, so, Lou, what you got to on your show tomorrow? Well, I'm going to argue that I don't get the Pac-12 on my service, number one. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. When I, get, when, I get a, when I get a streaming service, I want Pac-12 on my set. Uh, we're going to, of course, be discussing college basketball as a championship weekend all over the place. Uh, we'll discuss the um, latest signings and uh, franchise tag players in football. There should be more to come. Uh, I'll take care of the World Baseball Classic, spring training, uh, UFC slash WWE, and uh, oh yeah, that league, of course. You know what I mean. That league. <laughs> we are talking about the you know, uh, a little bit later. Don't you dare talk league. about my XFL guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, it has three letters, and it's, and their first letter begins with X. And that's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You hear this, right, Danny Garcia? See what I had to deal with? Danny Garcia, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, and Jerry Cardinal, the three owners. <laughs> no offense, fellas, but, uh, you know. Excuse me for that. I hate when I get those sound bites. <laughs> you all get the general idea. I mean, you know, you've heard all, you've heard all the talk about the XFL, or as I call it, He Hate Me Part 3. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk of about the XFL. Yo, come in your ears, XFL fans. <laughs> I'm waiting for USFL. Uh, of course, your thoughts and comments are always welcome, whether good or bad. Uh, we'll have the ridiculous sign of the week. I think I just mentioned it. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, sports trivia, of course. Um, this week in history. And, of course, the feel-good story of the week. And I think I got a good one for that. So you might want to uh, call in or listen in if you can. Remember, it's East Coast time. 512-543-4662 is the number. I'll repeat that again because I have some stack. 512-543-4662 between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. 512-543-4662. Right. I got to get this Yeah, so... Definitely. We appreciate you, Lou. Always a pleasure. We'll make sure yeah. you yeah. support Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show between 4 and 6, tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. 
And for the Central Time Zone, it's 3 to 5. Three out west, 1 to 3. There you go. So definitely always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having Lou on our show. Yeah, hopefully you get a chance to come back to mine. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. You know, tomorrow I will be at the, you know, the XFL League. You didn't want to say it, but I will be at the XFL game, the Orlando Guardians game, and we'll here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show, we will be reporting. So those are my guys in the XFL. Don't listen to him. That's hey, that's Lou. I just thought something. There's now two teams in the sports world who go by the name Guardians. Huh. That's true. <laughs> well, one was a one was a borrowed name because you know because well you get the point, but still. But uh, try to tune in uh, on March on March 25th if you can. Yes, March 25th would be better. March yeah, March 25th would work. It's a, it's, yep. a, it's a special show that day. March 25th. Okay, I'll make sure I do that. And I think you might get the other. I think you might get the reason why. Let's see. Let me try to see here on the calendar, March 25th. No, I'm not doing my taxes that day. What do you What do you think it is, Aaron? What's going on? It's your birthday. Yeah, I was thinking it was your birthday. You're close. But... You're close. It's close, the day okay. before. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So yeah, March twenty. It's, it's the day before. It's the day before my birthday. So that's why it's special. Last there you year go. I did it on my birthday. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. So for now, Lou, definitely. Of course, a lot, March a lot of people are probably thinking. A lot of people are thinking you're doing a show on your birthday. Uh, why? Well, I figured, what better way to celebrate than with a bunch of people on the show? Why not? There you go. Yeah. There you I don't go. Really you're crazy. You're doing it on your birthday. But hey, why not? What are we to celebrate? Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, so sure. I'll make sure we we go ahead and give you a big shout out on March 25th. Call us on your birthday right. too, if you can. Call us on your birthday if you can on the 24th. My birthday is on the 26th. So, uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll call the 24th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. My birthday is the 26th. Right. All right. Well, birthday, the day before I worked at the show, not the day, not the day. <laughs> you guys, you, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but uh, you know, as long as as long as I'm around, I'll be able to call. I couldn't call last week because I had to take care of some personal business. But as long as that doesn't come up, I'll be here. Sounds look good. We'll look forward to hear from you. Yep. Oh, yeah, and, and All right. I did want to mention this before we did let you go, Lou. Because yes, there's a yes. potential that you're going to call in, I'll let Aaron do the honors in telling you and our listeners why next Friday's show will, will the time will be different. Go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, well, we spilled the beans earlier today um, on this uh, on this topic. So um, next week we've been working on this for I don't know six weeks or so now. Uh, next week we are going to be live in Gainesville, Florida at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, and we're going to be interviewing Steve Spurrier, former head coach of the Florida Gators, of course, he coached uh, the Washington Redskins uh, 20 or so years ago for two years, and he, of course, finished his career at the college level coaching uh, at uh, South Carolina, so we're uh, delighted uh, to be going up there. Uh, It'll be a 7 p.m. show. uh, We're thereabouts. Uh, We believe it's going to be on Facebook Live. Some of the small details, like exactly 
where we're going to be and everything like that. That'll be coming out this week. So stay tuned. We'll put out some announcements. You know, you'll be able to hear, um, you know, we're just going to have a lot of stuff going on this week. We'll have everything posted up on our Facebook page and uh, it's going to be exciting. We're really, really looking forward to this. I think this is going to be one of the best, best things that's ever happened to this show for sure. So, and uh, Alan, I wanted to also bring this up too. Um, hard to believe this, but it's been three years since we did our very first, uh, our very first show uh, was right about this time three years ago. We recorded for the very first time at um, a particular establishment here in Lakeland. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm, and, you know what? I'm proud of you, Aaron, for remembering that because I did not forget. I thought, I thought you probably might have. But I did not forget. I no, said, I, I did not I'm forget that things. at all. I, 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 if there's one thing I'm good at, Alan, it is remembering dates, uh, um, that sort of thing. And so, um, and I want to bring this up to kind of in a more somber way, but tomorrow is the three-year anniversary of, I won't say the name of the company just because it's not appropriate to do that here on our show, but tomorrow is the three-year anniversary of your retirement. And I, it's hard to believe that that has been three years ago. And of course, you and I both know, and some of our closer friends that listen to the show obviously remember the events that unfolded, unfortunately, on that day. So um, hard to believe it's been that long. Um, obviously, there was an event that took place that day that uh, changed both of our lives forever and many of our friends as well. Um, so just wanted to remember that here and, and, and say that on the air. Um, it still it still impacts both of us to this day, I know for sure. So, um, but. Um, proud to be uh, part of this show. We're in our fourth year now. It's, it's hard to believe that. It's, it's been a great ride so far, and we got a lot left and a lot more things, a lot of great things are going to happen as we uh, progress forward. And this uh, interview with Steve Spurrier next week, which a guy who I have admired for a long, long time as a football coach, this is going to be awesome. Uh, there's no other word to describe it. So um, looking forward to it, Alan. I am too. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, you know, I'm definitely thank you in advance to Steve Spurrier and his team. And also, we want to make sure we, we go out there and, and really appreciate the hospitality first and foremost. This is a truly an honor to us, to the Allen and Aaron Sports, a great show. But I am proud of you, Aaron, because not only for this opportunity, but also the fact that you remember that. That meant a lot to me that I said to myself, I was thinking about this, I said, you know what? That, that is a sign that God has is looking out for us because almost to the date we did our show three years and it, and as you mentioned, it was in a, a restaurant in Lakeland. Three years later, coincidentally, we're doing another show live with Steve Spurrier at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill in Gainesville. That is remarkable. That is such a full circle. You know, I can't put it into words. We did not do this on our own. It's by the grace of God. But we also really want to thank a lot of the fans and the support. And just for us to get this opportunity, it is a real blessing. I, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I can't say I'm so surprised, but I am just like, wow, like that is just amazing. And three years later, almost to the date, you're going to be going ahead and seeing Steve Spurrier and doing a show in a restaurant. There, you know, they have the whole production set up for us. It is just fantastic. It is just, it's just awe-inspiring. No, absolutely. I, you know, and it's 
this is going to be it's going to be fun first first and foremost. I think that's uh, probably the the first thing that comes to my mind. But look how far we've come in three years to get some of the guests on that we've had so far. To get somebody like Steve Spurrier, a former Heisman Trophy winner, a former NFL and college coach, a national champion coach, um, you know all the SEC titles he won. And here's something too that I think most people don't realize. He is the yeah. only coach in college football history to be um, the, the all-time winning coach at two different Power 5 schools, Florida and, of course, at uh, South Carolina as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great, uh, a great event. And also, you know, I, I, a lot of things have happened this past week uh, with our show, with just some of the media content that you put out there. But we reached a, a milestone here with – our, our followers, 1,500, we've reached a, a, a very big milestone, and we want to certainly thank uh, our supporters and our listeners for liking and following and, and listening to us, and, you know, sometimes you listen to us just ramble on and on and on, but, uh, you know, we, we're here for your entertainment, and, of course, hopefully to inform you on some stuff in the world of sports, and, you know, if nothing else, give you something to do on a Friday night, or if you can't listen on Friday night, you can always go back and listen at, of course, a later time, but... Uh, we're going to be bringing you a lot more really awesome content as uh, as the weeks, months, and years go by, and looking forward to it. I am too. I'm really inspired and definitely motivated. You know, we can't thank the listeners and fans enough, and I am I am definitely excited for the Steve Spurrier next Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun, like you mentioned. It's we I've never been to the facility. I saw some of the pictures and the video looks first class and I'm excited about it. I really am. You know, we we are going to be at a place where we're going to be <laughs> the center of attention and we're excited about that because you know what it was hard work to get to this point and we couldn't have done it alone. We really appreciate all the guests, all the fans. We are, you know, one thing about our show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio show, is we never overlook anybody and we definitely appreciate everybody. So really appreciate all of you for your support. And we can't thank you enough for putting us in a position to have a lot of fun next Friday and this Friday too, like we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point there. So moving right along, obviously we've got a lot to discuss here. Um, musical chairs of quarterbacks in the National Football League. Free agency starts this next week. And uh, there's no shortage of news on the quarterback front going on. The big names right now, uh, obviously, it looks like Derek Carr is going to end up going to New Orleans. Lamar Jackson is still kind of in limbo. Is he going to stay in uh, Baltimore? Is he going to get traded to Miami, or is he going to go to Atlanta? What are your thoughts on uh, on those two guys to start off with? Yeah, you know, I'll start with Lamar first. I, I can't really say I'm surprised, but it, it's really tough what Lamar's going through. And the reason why I say that is because this guy earned the right to get a long-term contract. He really does. He has, he's put the work in. His play has been exceptional. They have built the offense around him. He's been a model employee, so to speak, as they would say, not model. And he's done everything right. I do feel if there's anything I do fault Lamar on is I feel like he was looking at kind of Deshaun Watson's contract a little too hard. Yes, I understand what you're coming from, that you deserve to get in the neighborhood of Deshaun Watson, if not even more, especially with the guaranteed money. I get that. 
but at the same token, not everybody in life gets the same treatment, especially in the NFL. And I, I think if he would have taken a deal that was maybe very good, maybe not as much guaranteed money, I think this deal would have been done. But the fact that he kind of like, hey, he had his mind stuck on getting something in the neighborhood of the Sean Watson, I think that's where he's getting disappointed. That it, it, It's clear to me, Aaron, that they're too far apart at this point. And see this going and getting worse and worse as time goes on. What are your thoughts? Well, there's a couple of factors here. My understanding, and I, I'm not sure where to confirm this, is that he does not have an agent, didn't have representation um, in the negotiations last summer, leading up to the last summer. So that may have a little bit to do with it. Um, you got to have an agent. You know, you want to get a deal done, you need to have a middleman to facilitate it. Um, so that would be the first thing I would probably point out. Um, I think we, we saw this going into to training camp last year. If he hadn't signed a deal by the time training camp started, certainly by the time games started in September, that it was going to be a, a, a long discussion during the, uh, during the season about what's going to happen. Is he going to, is he going to get what he wanted? Is he going to, is he going to test free agency? Are they going to franchise pack? You know, all these sorts of things start to pop into your mind. And then the strangest thing has happened these last several days. Now I personally think there's two teams that he would fit perfectly with. Um, he'd be a great fit for Miami primarily because and this is not taking anything away from Tua, but the fact of the matter is Tua has been injured. He's a great quarterback for the most part. I, I'd say he's, he's above that. He's, I wouldn't say he's great. I wouldn't say he's elite, but I'd say he's, he's definitely a good piece for Miami when he's healthy. The problem for Tua has been, he's basically like fine China out there on the field. He takes a shot. He might miss some time and he missed some significant time this past year. So you're, you're out there with a team full of talent and then the guy who leads your team may not be on the field. So I think Lamar Jackson being a, a solid, perfect fit in Miami would be a good one. And then I think his marketability, possibly going to the Atlanta Falcons, would be, I mean, off the chart. Atlanta's a great great place for a guy like Lamar Jackson. I think he'd fit perfectly as a player to build around in Atlanta. Um, that's just my personal opinion there. So those are the two teams that I'm, I'm, I'm saying would be perfect fits. But supposedly both those uh, organizations this past week basically said, we're not pursuing him. And I just, I, to me, I don't understand why. I mean, maybe it's the money, maybe it's the contract, maybe it's the, you know, whatever. But to me, if, especially if you're Miami, you have all the pieces in place, it seems like at least, to make a run at a Super Bowl. Look, the Dolphins haven't been to the Super Bowl in 40 years, and they haven't won it in 50 years. So you want to catch lightning in a bottle. And Lamar Jackson's got, you know, you look at the window of, of him being an elite type of quarterback, it's probably the next six to eight years. So why not add that to your roster? Um, same thing in Atlanta. Atlanta's heading in the right direction. They were kind of a snake in the grass team this past year, if you will. They had some games they lost that they should have won, and some games they uh, won that they should have lost. If they can kind of figure out how to balance that out in the right direction, a, a player like Lamar Jackson fits perfectly in that organization. So that, that kind of surprises me a little bit there. Ultimately, he may end up back at Baltimore. Uh, it may be a one-year deal, and then maybe we go through the same thing again a year from now and see where he ends up you know, coming out. But um, it's surprising all these teams that were supposedly interested in him that are all kind of back in the way and, and just don't really understand why. I think it's a money thing. You know, you're talking about 
guaranteed money is what he's looking for, and you're talking about 160 plus million. I think that's what it comes down to. But you're right. You know, Lamar Jackson is a guy that you don't want to have him sit on the shelf too long. He's an elite yeah. quarterback in this league, MVP. And to your point, you know, Tua is like fine China. And, and I worry about Tua because, yes, the guy can really ball. But, man, he is one real good shot away from from something more serious. And he makes me nervous when he plays. He really does. He, he makes me nervous because the issues that he has with health-wise are serious. My man has had multiple concussions in a very short period of time. I am no, you know, neurosurgeon or anything like that. I don't proclaim to be, but I can pretty much tell you that having too much head trauma in a short period of time is not safe at all. And, you know, your brain and things of that nature, those things are sensitive and he makes me nervous. He really does. I think if, they did went ahead allegedly and got him for 2023 and going into 2024. So I think that really pretty much blocks out Tom Brady from coming back because of them signing Tua. But my question to you is, are you confident that Tua can make it through a season without any serious head trauma? You know, I'm not. I'm not, unfortunately, at this point. I, I, I like I like him. I think he's a good player. I, I, I like the left-handed quarterback. You know, here's, here's the thing about left-handed quarterbacks in this league. In the last 50 years, I mean, it literally comes down to maybe five, six, seven guys in, in, in the NFL that have been successful, sustainable left-handed quarterbacks. It's just not a very common thing. Um, you know, you yeah. think about uh, Steve Young, you think about Michael Vick, you think about uh, Kenny Stabler back in the in the 70s with the Steelers. You think about Steve Young, obviously he's probably one of the greatest of all time. Uh, Boomer Esiason, and then, of course, Mark Brunell. Um, Tua has a chance to be in that same conversation at some point. But the thing about him is, and I would say, comparatively speaking, it's not the same injuries, but there's a lot of RG3 in him as far as, you know, his – his uh, vulnerability health-wise, RG3, you know, when he got drafted uh, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, the number two overall pick by Washington, everybody thought, man, this is going to be an elite quarterback for the next 10, 12, 15 years. And here we are now, he's, he's calling games for a living because he had injuries. And Tua is, like said, Tua is one head injury away from his career being over. Let's be honest there. And, and possibly worse than his career could be his, his health at that point too. So, I'm not confident in, in him being able to stay healthy because it happened twice this past season. And in a relatively short period of time, you know, he, he's got to be more in the pocket and they've got to get that pocket around him to be a lot more stable because it, it, it's all it's going to take is one, one uh, wrong move to the left, trying to get out of the pocket and somebody hits him from the side and he's, he's out. So I, I, I think, Miami needs to have a really solid number two quarterback. And to me, the opportunity to get out of Tua being your guy is to make a move for somebody like Lamar Jackson. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And because that's a real risk. And and the thing about Tua is that his head injuries and trauma is usually from hits that are just like him getting pushed down. 
You know, yeah. he got hit really good the first time, but he he has a sensitive, you know, back of the head where, man, he, he gets hit and he could have a concussion. So I always worry about Tua at this point when he plays. Now, to his defense, I did notice that after the first concussion, he made a cognizant effort to get rid of the ball quicker. And I did notice that in his play that he definitely got rid of the ball faster but, hey, it still does not preclude you from getting pushed down, you fall on the back of your head, and someone pushing you out of bounds, or you're just taking a hit. You know, it, it's just that's that's what it is. Uh, but I pray that he continues to play. And But, yeah, he, it could be something much more serious than just his career if he continues to unfortunately keep playing out here with these guys going after him. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely correct there. Now, as I mentioned, quarterbacks are going to be the the theme over the next probably 10 days or so, maybe two weeks. Um, By the end of this month, I think we'll have a clear picture. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I I think is – I we should have asked Lou about his opinion on this. I think he's going to the Jets. I think he's going to decide uh, by the end of this next week, when we have a show again, uh, when we're in Gainesville next week, we'll we'll be – talking probably before the show starts about Aaron Rodgers being with the New York Jets. What are your thoughts on that happening? I think it's going to happen. I really do. I agree with you. I think that's actually a good move for both sides because the Jets do need a quarterback. They definitely are in need of a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that can still play. I don't have the same feeling about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has two, possibly even three, very, very good years in him. He still has strong arm, is very good football IQ. I think him going to the Jets would be a very good move for him because the team actually is only a step or two away from winning it all because they have a lot of great young talent. They have a great running back. I think Aaron Rodgers with the Jets actually can move that. They have a great coach. I like Mark Slayer. I'm sorry, not Mark Slade. I like um, their coach, and I just think that him coming to the team will actually help them out a lot. I I see it being a win-win on both sides. Yeah, I mean, and again, what the Jets would be doing uh, essentially by acquiring him is very similar to what Tampa did three years ago when they acquired Tom Brady. You have a good nucleus around you. You have a coach that – looks like it is, is going to be successful, at least by all accounts, to this point in his first two years. And you're just one or two key pieces away from being able to, to do it all. And the Jets, unfortunately, they kind of fell apart at the end of this past season after getting off to a great start, and it just they couldn't keep the pace up in that division. And that's a really good division. Let's, let's be honest here. The team right now, this is a hard, kind of weird to say, the team right now that looks like they're at the bottom of that division is New England which is really strange. I mean, you think about how, how 20 years of dominating the, you know, the AFC, uh, AFC East there, and suddenly they look like they're the number four team behind Buffalo, the Jets, and the Dolphins. So it's, it's kind of interesting to think about it that way. And, and it, I've heard some rumors this past week that Matt Jones might be available. They might tr- try and trade him and, and, uh, and move in a different direction at quarterback. So it seems like maybe some desperation on Bill Belichick's end. I'm not too certain exactly if that's what the case is or not, but – um, you know, and then you talked about Tom Brady. I, I don't think there is a very, very slim chance of him coming back. I, I just I feel like you talked about it too. 
you know, by Tua re-signing with the Dolphins or taking the deal with the Dolphins, you know, that kind of stamps out that he's he's done. That, that there's not really a whole lot of other places for him to go at this point. Um, so, that, you know, I, I don't see Brady playing any longer. I think that his second retirement is the one uh, that, that sealed the deal. I did say the wrong coach by fire. It is Robert Saylor for the Jets. He's yeah. a great coach for the Jets. Sorry about that, Robert, Robert Saylor. But I did want to say that I think that there was some validity to that. One thing about Brady is I think he has a hard time walking away from the game. He loves this game so much. I think he's struggling with that. And I agree with you. I don't think he probably should come back. I hate, you know, hate to say it like that. I really respect his game. But I think when it's time, it's time. I think he's way past that time at this point. And, yes, if he was on a team where everything was built around him and perfect, it might work. But I think in this day and age, there isn't going to be a team that it's, everything is going to work for him where he could just walk in and win a, a, a championship. I just don't see it. But I, I do think that Tom Brady does have still some interest in coming back. What do you think about that, him having an interest to come back? I think the interest is probably there. I think he probably hasn't closed the door quite yet, or he's closed it, but he hasn't locked it. Um, but I, I just don't think the opportunity is there for him. You know, here's the thing about Tom Brady. You want to go out on you want to go out on somewhat of a, a high note, right? You don't want your career to end um, with the end of your legacy being a bad season, or you know, look, look at what look, two, two quarterbacks I can give you right now that had great endings to their career. Both did it with the Broncos. It was uh, of course Peyton Manning, uh, ten years or so ago, winning a Super Bowl and retiring, and then of course uh, John Elway did it back in the late nineties. And in my opinion, if Tom Brady is not coming back to a team that he really does have a chance to win a Super Bowl with, it's not really worth it, you know, to, to go out trying to get one more after you've won seven of the things. I mean, it just seems like it's not really something that's going to happen. And you look at some of the teams that would be a fit for him. You know, San Francisco would certainly be a fit, but they seem to already have the quarterback position for the most part locked up. They don't want to necessarily, you know, take the, the window they have right now that's fairly open and, you know, put it in a situation where it might close pretty quick. Um, may, you know, the only team I can say right now, and I, I don't think this would be a team he'd win with, going back to New England, you know, where it all started and where he won so much for, what, 18 years. Going back to New England, you know, maybe, they, maybe there's a, a rekindling there. I don't know. But other than those two or three teams, I just don't see anything happening with them. No, you're right. I think the the opportunities are very, very limited. If if it if it was true, yes, I do think he actually would be a pretty good fit in Miami. I don't know about winning at all, but I do think the team would be better. They would be in a very a better position. But I don't I don't know about winning at all. I think when he walked onto the Bucks, that was a very unique and a very good opportunity for him. Meaning the Bucks actually did have a lot of talent and a very good team, especially on the defensive end. And Brady was the missing piece. These other teams are very good, but I think they need more than just one piece. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. I, I think they need a bit more than that. If he went to 
the Patriots. I agree, to your point, I agree with you. Yes, you could come back and play, but do you really want to come back to a rebuilding year and a a blah blah type year where you might lose more games than win, or you might break even and not make the playoffs, or or just get make the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round, and through that whole year you have a rough year. I don't know if you want to come back and do that. I mean, that's just not to me. That's not the Tom Brady we're used to seeing. Tom Brady we're used to seeing is anytime this guy played, he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. If Tom Brady is not in a situation where he can come in and just be the piece that can help them win a Super Bowl, I don't see why he should continue playing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah, it, you know, when it's time, it's time. And, but, I, you know, definitely one thing it is time for Tom Brady to do was have a an event in Tampa, <laughs> you know, something as cool or similar to what Scottie Pippen did. And I even said that in that post, that we need to have Tom Brady do an event sometime in Tampa. That's not astronomically priced, by the way, where somewhat, <laughs> whether somebody who is common can, can afford to go. I mean, don't charge ten, fifteen thousand for a ticket, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely wanted to go ahead and since we wanted to talk a little bit more about the NCAA, the basketball, we have to go ahead and look out and shout out our great friend Sam Scola for writing and producing March Madness. Sam Scola did uh, did himself again. We really appreciate you, Sam, up there in Maine. You are the man, and also thank you to Mary, beautiful wife. We're going to now play March Madness by Sam Scola. Here you go, folks, on the Alan and Aaron Sports Arc Radio Show, March Madness. March Madness, March Madness, tournament Qualify again to lose with the upset. March madness. College basketball madness. March madness.
There we go. That was great. <laughs> it sure was. Thank you so much, Sam. Fantastic. Fantastic. Really appreciate you. Great song. Great way to kick it off. Really appreciate you, Sam and Mary Scola. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Having said that, what are your thoughts about the NCAA? Well, you know, you have to really pay attention, uh, especially when the, the conference tournaments begin. Um, actually, it was yesterday. Um, I was actually sitting getting my hair cut uh, yesterday evening. There was a game going on, and you have to really follow it closely because these games go by so quick. I mean, 40 minutes of college basketball, it goes by in about an hour and 45 minutes overall, maybe two hours at the most. And to, to follow it all at this time of year, you talk about putting together a bracket, just to even be able to name 64 or 65 schools, that's, that's a miracle in and of itself, in my opinion. So to be able to follow it, and I know Lou was talking about following it, and he's been doing that since he was 12. So it's probably back when college basketball started, uh, somewhere in that range. Um, just kidding, of course. Um, to be able to follow it that, that closely, especially as fast as it goes by, this entire tournament is only about two to three weeks. So um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's five or six games on every single day. And, you know, obviously the big stuff starts next week. And then we're going to start seeing some really awesome games. I think we're going to see some really cool stuff this year. And, of course, um, there's a couple of guys. Uh, Jim Beheim is, is stepping down from Syracuse. He's been there 47 years. That's a long time to be at one place. Um, he'll be gone after this season. And, um, you know, it, it's always a lot of fun. There's always that Cinderella hidden in there somewhere, maybe one or two teams that nobody thought would make it. I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago. We had a, a school here in Florida that made it to um, – I believe they made it to the Elite Eight, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, Florida Gulf Coast University, which is down in the um, Fort Myers area. Um, so there'll be somebody like that that'll probably pop in. And, and um, you know, it's always fun to watch and see what happens. It truly is, and you're right about that. I love the Cinderella story. To me, that's the part that really gravitates to the NCAA championship is the Cinderella story, how C – how far they can go. And that's one of the things that really means a lot to me is because with the underdog and its smaller team, it's, it's always nice that if you play well and you have some of the fundamentals, yes, you may not have the money or kind of like the donors like you would in the big, big conferences, but to go out and play and compete and go far in a tournament, there's nothing wrong with that. I love seeing that. And then you always have those powerhouses like Duke, teams that, you know, opposite polar, have all the money, you know, school has a lot of money, and, and you know, they have people who support the school, and you always have a team like that that always, you know, goes real deep if they don't win at all. What are your thoughts about teams like Duke and versus Cinderella's? Well, I mean, Duke obviously has been a, a, a mainstay for the last 40 years. Obviously, this is the first year first year in my lifetime that Coach K wasn't the coach there. And uh, they had a great season. They went undefeated at home. Um, they're under really good control now with uh, their new coach. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they went on a run and won the whole thing. So, um, you know, obviously programs like Duke, the, the, there's those powerhouse programs out there that stay really good for a long time. Uh, North Carolina is typically there. Um, UCLA has been there in the past. They look pretty good this year, too. Um, you know, then there's those surprise teams that kind of come out of nowhere. So we'll see what happens there. Alabama has been kind of that way this year uh, in, in uh, the SEC. So, 
Um, you know, really the thing that I think you can say about college basketball tournament time is you just never know what's going to happen. You can predict some things pretty well because you base it on past success, but there's always that, that, that Cinderella underdog type of team that comes out of nowhere and they start surprising people. And so, you know, I think it's really hard to get anything correct until you get to that final 16 teams. And then even then it's pretty difficult. It's really the elite eight. And then you look at it and say, okay, this matchup looks good with this one. And then you can kind of predict from there what happens. It would be a lot easier to pick a bracket if it was only eight or 16 teams you were doing it with. Yeah, you're right. I mean, to pick that many teams and pick out, not only do you have to, you have to know the teams, you have to know who's going to advance and get that right throughout the whole bracket, that is extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult. If somebody gets it, I, I think it's a matter of difficulty, but also do think it's a lot of luck. That is, that you know, I mean, some of the things you can kind of predict, you can predict a team like, as you mentioned, Duke, teams like that, and North Carolina. You can predict some of those teams. You know, they'll be somewhere in, in the neighborhood you know, unless something, you know, sporadic happened. And it has happened before where they got bounced early. But you can always count on a Cinderella doing well. You just don't know, don't know where it's going to come from. One of my great memories is the Fabulous Five. So props to them. And Christian Leitner, you can't, you can't talk about, you know, NCAA basketball without Christian Leitner and Grant Hill. Those guys always – stick up in my head as far as memorable. That is probably the most memorable uh, single shot that I've seen in my lifetime that I actually witnessed as it happened. And it's been 31 years. And I, it's still, to me, I still don't believe it. You know, it's just, how did he have time to not only, you know, the, 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 the pass into him from Grant Hill to, to be accurate and, and to not be, you know, uh, stolen away uh, by Kentucky were knocked away by Kentucky and wear the clock out. The fact that he caught it, came down with it, had time to dribble the ball, turn around and make a shot before the clock expired with 2.1 seconds left. How did he do that? So 31 years later, I'm still astonished that that play, you know, happening. It's, it's going to be one of those things that's etched in my mind sports-wise for, for a long, long time. Yeah, it is. I, I can't believe he made that shot either. I really can't. I mean, he caught it. Dribble it, put it on the ground once, turn around and shot it. And he didn't have much time to really look at the basket when he turned around, too. He had to get it up. <clears throat> it was just amazing. And um, that that was just remarkable. And if you guys ever do want to be entertained, watch that you know, Christian Leitner documentary and watch the Fabulous Five documentary, too. They're both fantastic. Polar opposites. You have the preppy guys, and you got the guys with the baggy shorts. And But one thing I will say with basketball is that one thing holds true. The fundamentals will take you a long way. <clears throat> and one of the things that I wanted to give props to was Scottie Pippen because, you know, I, I got a chance to meet Scottie Pippen. And when you think about how difficult it is to win a championship – this gentleman has won six of them, and two of them were three-peats, Michael Jordan's right-hand man, and just 
whether you love him or loathe him, this guy is a winner. And on top of that, he was a winner this week because I will say this on so our fans can hear this, and I think it's it's very important because I have met by the grace of God and a lot of blessings, a lot of celebrities, a lot of athletes. Typically in most public events, a lot of them show up late. <clears throat> if not late, they'll show up five to 15 minutes before the venue starts. Now, there are some exceptions to that. Some, you know, a guy like Tony Junji will show up about 25, 30 minutes early. But Scottie Pippen, as big of a name as he is, actually showed up about an hour and 15 minutes before the event which is really cool because when he got there, he did all the paperwork and he signed all the bottles before the event started. So that meant the event was supposed to go from 12 to 1.30. Since he got there early, hour and 15 minutes early, <clears throat> he signed all the bottles, got that out of the way, and then for an hour and 30 minutes, he just took pictures with people. So everybody got a picture with him which is really cool because it did say when you bought your ticket, it all is dependent on the guest's mood. We do not guarantee you're going to get a picture with them. We do guarantee if you get a, if you get the, you know, the ticket, you will get a signed autograph bottle, but we don't guarantee you're going to get a picture with him or anything like that. It really goes on how it feels with the guests. So major props to Scotty Pippen showing up an hour and 15 minutes early signing all the bottles and taking a picture of everyone. I said this publicly on the Instagram and even the business had thanked me for it. Lucan's wine and, and, and liquors and is, you know, Scotty Pippen mad props to him. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool for sure. So definitely uh, glad that you were able to attend that event. Glad you were able to meet him. And obviously, you know, seeing how tall he is compared to you, that was pretty cool to see too. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, a few people did mention that to me when they sort of picked, man, it, you look really short standing next to him. And, and you know what it is? The picture, the guy was about five to six feet back and you got a chance to see the, the screen, which is really cool. But yeah, he, he's tall, man. He's six foot six, six, seven. He's, you know, that's, that's one of the things about Scotty Pippen is that Scotty Pippen, cannot just kind of tippy-toe his way through public. He's so tall. You're going to notice him. There's no doubt about it. That That is just, you know, think about that. When you're that height and you're that tall, you are not going to go unnoticed. So he can't go to a, an airport, go to a restaurant, any place without somebody noticing he's there. And I'm talking about, like, if he wore a COVID mask or something people still would probably recognize him what do you think what are your thoughts on that Aaron yeah it's somebody like him it's it's like Shaq you know you, you can't go out in public and not be recognized um it's just not going to happen so <laughs> yeah so that's what that's that's the thing and you know yeah he's a basketball player I mean <laughs> you know I'm 5'8 there's going to be a difference I mean you know if I one wish that I always had Still have to this day, but I know it's not going to make it. Is that I wish I was at least six one. You know, even though if you look at the book, if you look at the technical book, I'm above the average man's height. Now that's book height. 
I'm looking at real world height. To me, real world height is six feet one. If you're six one or better and you're a male, you have very good height. That's Alan's definition of good height, six one or better. And yes, I do wish I was six one, but it wasn't meant to be. I'm very blessed where I'm at. I'm not the tallest guy, but I'm not the shortest guy. Hey, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely right. That's a good point there. So, well, this has been a great show here this evening. I know that um, uh, we got some stuff about the Orlando Guardians uh, here this yes, evening. Yes, you wanted to yes. go ahead and cover? Yes, thank you. I yep, definitely want to thank the XFL for blessing us here at the Allen and Aerosports Talk Radio Show with, you know, giving us the access to the players, giving us, you know, the game that I'm going to tomorrow. I'm going to be covering the Guardians and the Orlando, the XFL. So don't listen to Lou. I love the XFL. <clears throat> That's coming from me. And it's such a great league. But I did want to mention to you a few things. The XFL, it kind of feels like a family. C.J. Holmes, who was the first-round pick for the Guardians, has not played a game yet because he actually had a high ankle sprain. Believe this or not, but I had gotten notice by Dawn Holmes. She had sent me a message on Instagram, and she said, C.J. Holmes is cleared, so he's going to play this weekend. And that's kind of like behind-the-scenes stuff because – I had asked the defensive coordinator, Tony Clark, that very question, can you update us on the status of C.J. Holmes, the big-time cornerback, and he said it's kind of 50-50 if he's going to play. Dion Holmes told me he's going to play. He's activated. So that's great news for the Guardians. They got another thing that happened this week, for those who don't know, the Guardians did sign – Quentin Flowers, for those who don't know Quentin Flowers, he played in 2020 for the the Tampa Vegas Vipers, the Tampa Vipers. So he is a throwback from the 2020 season, but Quentin Flowers has a lot of athletic ability. He is also somebody they're hoping to play this, this game. I really hope and pray that the Orlando Guardians do win this game because they're sitting at 0 3 now. And there's only a 10-game season. Now, the good news is you have to be at least in the number one or two in your division. So it's not like the Bucks where they had to kind of win the division to ensure they get in. In this league, if you're out of four teams in the division, if you're in the top two, you get a chance to be and make the playoffs. Right now, they're sitting at the bottom of the pack. But, you know, if they get a win streak, it's still not po- it's still possible. But I'm really hoping they get their first win. I get a chance to watch it Saturday night. I know how hard the team is working and how bad they really want to win. I get a chance to feel that now a lot more because I'm connected with the team and I show up. You know, I'm there before the team actually plays, and I'm there after, and I've had done so many interviews with them that I get a good feel of what's going on. And I can tell you I'm really hoping the Orlando Guardians win their first game this weekend. I really do, because that is – it was tough to be at the home opener and them not win. That brought them down to 0-2. It was tough for me to watch that game, and, and not only was it tough for me to watch, it was more tough 
for me to ask questions after the game because I know how bad they wanted to win. I think somebody may have to take a substitute for me and fill in my spot if they don't <laughs> win the game. <laughs> if they don't win this game because I don't know what to expect. So I'm kind of like I'm. I'm really hoping they win this game. If they don't, I'm gonna stick it through and ask some very good questions. But I know I'm gonna be treading on some thin, thin ice right there. So maybe maybe Aaron could drive right on fast and come up there and, and take the spot if they don't win. <laughs> because I know yeah. how bad they want to win, and, and I know how bad they want to win. And and coincidentally, the quarterback coach, quarterback coach, beg your pardon, is Shane Matthews, who was, ironically. Steve Spurrier's coach. So that is a good twist and connection to the Orlando Guardians. And I'll keep you guys posted. I will, as I told Aaron before the show started, that I'm going to have my laptop with me. I'm going to try to get you some of the information before the game. I didn't bring my laptop the first game because I just wanted to kind of see how things were going, how the flow was, and how it could be more efficient. So I will have my laptop. I'll put some of the stuff before the game and after the game try to get it out to you as quickly as possible. But they are playing, for those who don't know, the Houston Roughnecks for the exact opposite. They're 3-0. and The Houston Roughnecks are being coached by Wade Phillips. So that is a name you guys are familiar with from the NFL. Wade Phillips coaches the Houston Roughnecks. They are 3-0. and And Terrell Buckley, who was 14-year vet from the NFL, coaches the Orlando Guardians. Unfortunately, he's got the flip-flop record of 0-3. But I do appreciate the XFL. I definitely hoping that I run into, which I probably will, and that will be Danny Garcia because I do have a couple of really good questions to ask her to bring some clarity. And for boxing news, not much to going on right now except for there was a big fight that is now going to be – that is – Press conference got, a, got started away, and that's Ryan Garcia. And he has a fight coming up real soon against Devontae Davis. I'll keep you posted on that. There wasn't, I mean, they definitely, you know, the press conference were entertaining, but there really wasn't much I can give you on that. Once you get closer to the fight, I'll keep you up to date on that. And far as boxing, that's Pretty much it. I did want to shout out <laughs> to one boxer, and that is Nico Ali Walsh, because Nico Ali Walsh actually responded to something I said on Instagram. I've never seen Nico Ali Walsh respond to anybody, I, and I have met Nico Ali Walsh, who is the grandson of Muhammad Ali, for those who don't know. I've never seen him actually respond to anybody on Instagram, period. Never. Not like, not comment. But the cool thing was, Nick Ali Walsh put up a post. This is kind of funny, folks. He put up a post, and I don't know if you guys saw the Michael B. Jordan interview where the person who was interviewing him used to be a high school classmate. Michael B. Jordan is, is doing big, big things in Hollywood right now. He just had the movie Creed released. But long story short, the person who was interviewing him used to be his high school classmate, a girl, a female, who used to, you know, basically her and her girlfriend used to put down Michael B. Jordan all the time. 
Her girlfriend called him corny. They used to make fun of him. His name, Michael Jordan. They made fun of him, and he remembered that. Lo and behold, she was asking him about his new movie release. He goes, hey. He, she, she even started it, like, hey, I don't know if you remember me from New York, New Jersey. How you been? And he goes, huh, yeah, I remember you. You used to call me corny kid, right? <laughs> I'm corny, right? And you know what? Michael B. Jordan is far from corny because the guy is just killing the game right now. And it was funny because Nico Ali Walsh in his comment was talking about, hey, I'm on the rise now for those who thought I was corny. And before I can get to the fourth or fifth slide, I already knew what reference he was talking about with Michael B. Jordan in that interview. And I even said that in my comment, and lo and, and, lo and behold, Nico Ali Walsh responded to my comment on Instagram. So I appreciate him doing that. I am definitely going to keep you guys up to date on what Nico Ali Walsh is doing. That's my guy. So continue success, Nico Ali Walsh, and everything you do in boxing. Love what you're doing. Love that your mom comes to a fight. And definitely do miss your great, your, your grandfather, the none other than great Muhammad Ali. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great, uh, great bit of information there, Alan, for sure. So, well, this has been a great, uh, great show here tonight. Uh, again, March 10th, 2023, uh, as I mentioned, uh, earlier in the show and those of you who are listening right now and looking forward to next week's show, it's going to be a little bit different than normal. We're uh, going to be on live at seven, uh, 7 PM. Keep, uh, keep in tune, uh, this week to our Facebook page and our Instagram for announcements uh, about the specifics. Uh, how to be able to watch the show live, um, as we will be in Gainesville at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, interviewing legendary head football coach Steve Spurrier. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun event. Uh, we certainly are, as we talked about earlier, looking very, very much forward to being there. I want to thank, of course, our great sponsor here tonight, Chef G's Sport of Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. want to thank Sam Scola for yet another great song, March Madness. Of course, we listened to that here a little bit earlier. Uh, definitely... Um, Love hearing new stuff from him. And, of course, I want to thank our great uh, caller, uh, our normal caller, Lou, uh, who gave us another chime in here tonight. And, of course, uh, we promote his uh, show, the Enhanced Sports Show, on Saturdays between 4 and 6 Eastern time. Uh, For Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a terrific week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.